Hello and welcome back to Mind the Millennial Gap podcast. My name is Chris and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian and I'm a younger millennial. And together we talk about topics from our different millennial points of view. Jillian, what are we doing today? I am so excited for this episode. It is the wrap up of our Millennials and Religion series. And in my opinion, the best chapter, because today we are talking about mystic millennials. And not only are we talking about them, we have right now in our green room, a.k.a. three feet away from me, (laughs) our very own mystic millennial, Megan. Everyone, round of applause for Megan. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We are so excited for you to be here. Um, And in just a little bit, we're going to invite Megan back from the green room to talk about her journey as a mystic millennial. Ooh, tongue twister there. Uh, First, though, we're going to go over some of what is mysticism and millennialism? How do they marry up together? And what is this all about? Alrighty. So last time we talked about um, if millennials are going or when millennials are leaving religion, where are they going? They're finding different communities. And Chris mentioned crystals, which is a a great path for this. A lot of things, but (laughs) (laughs) crystals definitely was in there. Astrology, I think, is where I may have landed, though. (laughs) All I heard was crystals. Why not Alrighty, so millennials are um, a growing cohort of Americans who describe themselves as spiritual, not religious, as we discussed last week. Pew reports, the Pew Research Center, yay Pew guys, <laughs> reports that six in ten millennials believe in a new age concept like reincarnation, astrology, physics, and the presence of spiritual energy in physical objects like a mountain or a tree. And since the pandemic astrologers and tarot readers have seen an increase in business in may of 2020 so right after the coronavirus pandemic really kicked off here in the united states the new york times reported that traffic to astrology sites had increased like as much as 22 percent on some sites from the previous quarter so that's a crazy amount from quarter to quarter in just three months and then later in that month bloomberg reported that markets for gems and healing crystals like amethyst rose quartz and tourmaline was beginning to outpace the diamond market. Absolutely wild. Do they still have uh, 800 number psychic lines? Because I think those would have definitely taken off during the coronavirus. Okay, I have actually no idea if they have 800 psychic lines, but I do know someone in my personal life who consults a psychic. Not sure if they found her from an 800 psychic line. But definitely consults a psychic, is a very powerful, very wonderful woman in business who has embraced the side of her. Love it. Love it. Um, Alrighty, so why are millennials kind of leaning into this more mystic, vibrational uh, study of the universe and of spirituality rather than religion? So there's a couple of different theories on this. One is that it gives everyone kind of a sense of control. So the latest mystical movement is kind of attributed to mounting political tensions, economic uncertainties, and worsening ecological conditions that have been become like so, so bad that there's actually a psychological phenomenon um, called eco-anxiety. And it has its own set of symptoms and treatments. And it's, it's um, people are diagnosed with it when they have like a lot of overwhelming climate-related dread. 
Um, Leslie McGurk, who is an astrologist and she did a TED Talk, says that astrology can give people a sense of control when they feel anything but in control. She says people feel dislocated, irritated and shaken up. Whatever was safe and secure no longer feels that way. Astrology is one of the very few things that brings a higher viewpoint to explain our current situation on this planet. Astrology explains human patterns, and when you can understand something, you can deal with anything. Mm. Chris, do you have anything? I, I think it's interesting to bring back... Uh, these things aren't new, right? It's just, just that organized religion might be the more predominant thought patterns currently and that people are finding a way to take uh, maybe, I guess, different thought trains into uh, understanding in their lives now? That's exactly it. These things aren't new. This is actually like a super old belief. Um, The idea that crystals themselves have vibrational properties that help with healing is, can be traced back to Egypt, Mesopotamia, and India and Greece and Rome. So we're kind of covering a lot of area there and a lot of time where these beliefs were really strong to believe. And actually, I thought this was like so fascinating. You couldn't get a medical license if you couldn't read an astrological chart like back in the day, which was... Since when? Uh, this is like, I'm going to say his name wrong. Hippocrates? Hippocrates. <laughs> Very few people identify as one name anymore i.e. Prince and others, Beyonce. The Greeks said it first. <laughs> but, but, a, but a Greek guy that doesn't have a last name, that's been a long time. It has been a long time. And he was the father of modern medicine, so he, he might have known something. Um, Leonardo da Vinci also was a big believer in astrology, which is very interesting. He's a fascinating man. One time I saw his finger. It was the best part of my trip. It was great. It was his middle finger. Um, And yeah, so they all took that as kind of a um, phenomenon that could help explain how people were, their ailments and their personality traits. Um, But also, it's not a fix-all. Like, let's call that out. It's not a fix-all. Spiritual practices are not replacements for therapy. Well, things like meditation, tarot, and anything else can help bring your subconscious problems to light. Therapy should help you work through them. But what is it good for still? Like, so if we're using it to kind of control ourselves, what other reasons are we kind of turning to astrology? Um, one article called uh, the, How the Pandemic Paved the Way for Millennial Mysticism by Kristen Wong said that... Um, mystic practices were really seen as a resistance during the Trump era. Um, in 2018, witches versus the patriarchy subreddit, subreddit was born. And <laughs> that is a group dedicated to dismantling the patriarchy through pagan mysticism. You go. And it has over 250,000 members. That's wild. Um, that same year, you guys might remember the protest, the witch protest at the immigration detention center. Again, go witches. How would I remember this? When did this even happen? In 2018. Kind of around the era, uh, like it was, it was when there was a lot of conversation about immigration and kids were being detained around borders and um, a group of witches. It was led by a guy who wrote a book um, and then they all came together and had like a um, a mass ritual that was like a prayer and meditation to um, 
to stop the horrors that were happening. Do you remember that at all? Is this familiar? I have no recollection of this. I think you should. We should get you on some more like witchy news sites too. CNN <laughs> isn't cutting it anymore. I'm joining the subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> Please do witches versus the patriarchy, everyone. Um, <laughs> awesome. And then, kind of our last reason that people might be turning to mysticism, millennials in particular, is it's a way to reclaim identity. Um, this is a lot of these practices have uh, foundations in. Um, more Western cultures, and I'm going to do a, a quote now from Seta um, Asad. I'm very sorry about the pronunciation. She is the founder of the Black Woman Healing Retreats. Um, she pointed out that many of these traditions originated in West Africa, but were lost and watered down due to colonization and slavery. Um, and a lot, and people are kind of finding these elements again, um, and then bringing them back and reincorporating them into their lives, uh, as well. So, while this is not a new practice, it is something that is definitely growing in number, and um, I think it's very cool. I think it it's very neat that. As a generation, we are leaning outside of ourselves and within ourselves to kind of connect the world around us in a less organized and specific way, um, but really doing what feels right to us. And so all here for that. And um, to close this whole thought out, there is, I'm going to quote Dr. Sheldon Solomon, who is a researcher and social psychologist at Skidmore College. Um, and he says, my own sense is that this isn't a fad. It's a generational shift in existential considerations. For many, mysticism doesn't promise a sense of comfort. It offers what few ideologies can, openness, acceptance, and perhaps most important, a glimmer of hope. So listening to West Africa and, and some of these things, it made me think that even more predominant organized religions of our modern era have maybe branches of mysticism. I know uh, within Judaism, there's uh, a certain branch of Judaism that has mysticism that still exists within their practice. I think if you even look back at earlier Christianity, uh, there's elements of, I don't know, some people would consider it uh, miracles, but if you dive in a little bit deeper, there's there's practices of people converting into Christianity, they're still holding on to uh, an old religion there that has a lot of mysticism baked into it there as well. And so it's quite interesting that something that's much older, I believe, than what we, I mean, obviously Judaism has been around for quite a long time, but some of these practices have uh, been muted by more mainstream organized religions through, throughout the world. And it's quite interesting to see it kind of creeping, I don't know, creeping, getting back in. I don't, I don't know the verb to put there. <laughs> it is really interesting. And you make a really interesting point that maybe this was something that as humanity, we associated with the divine all along and then we've lost it along the way. Um, personally, I think in Christianity, we've lost a lot of the core elements of who Jesus was. I think he was probably a really cool witch. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I think some of those things are overlooked and I, I personally find a lot of joy in seeing other people like come to 
their own beliefs and, and kind of vibe in their own ways, whether or not that's in organized religion. All right, Chris, anything else to add before we bring on our special guest? No, I gave her a shout out last week. I'm so excited <laughs> that we got her here in person. First ever guest in the podcast. We're so happy to have Megan. I'm so interested in what our conversation is going to be. All right, bring in on Megan. Woo! I'm back. <laughs> How was the green room? Did you enjoy the snacks? Oh, the snacks were incredible. <laughs> Had some cider, ready to go. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well we could not be more excited to have you here today can you do just a quick little introduction on yourself yeah I don't even know what to say I guess um hello I'm Megan Maxson I am a part-time environmental engineer part-time astrologer part-time friend of these two <laughs> full-time traveler full-time traveler full-time depending on my bank account <laughs> uh, so yeah <laughs> Megan is truly one of the most magical beings that I've ever known. Um, we met about a year ago, about a year ago this month. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a mutual friend who is absolutely wonderful as well. And we were all there kind of on a, a trip together. And I, it was just like magic. We clicked instantly. Yeah. Um, so very happy to a have soul Megan. Connection, a I soul think. connection yeah. for sure. <laughs> so very happy to be here today. And Megan is just as you heard last week, um, Chris's experience with Megan reading his um, astrology chart truly shook someone who maybe is a little bit less prone to believe in things that can't be hardcore science explained. Um, it really shook you to the core. Chris, do you want to expound any more on that? <laughs> shook to the core is obviously... <laughs> A phrase. To the core. Uh, I am still trying to figure out like what's behind the curtain of it all. There has to be some type of math. There's some there, magic. There has to be <laughs> some type of, of logic that gets obfuscated. I'm not saying that I'm a skeptic. Very open-minded to it. Think it could be really cool. Mm -hmm. Just well, have a hard time like processing it right now. Megan, yes. What you are the tarot queen, the astrology queen. What led you in your life to these like passions, to these finds, to vibing with this so hard? So I think like a lot of big things in our life, I went through a breakup, and then I <laughs> went on a soul journey to find myself. And um, I actually got introduced to astrology from a friend of mine, and I think just like right away, I found it super interesting. So I am like an engineer, and I'm a scientist, so I'm very drawn to data and numbers and math. So like astrology immediately was just like, this is so cool. <laughs> like we're taking something that's so you know, rigid and scientific in its own way, but it's mystical and it's magical. And I think it was just a very interesting kind of entry point to spirituality for me. And um, ever since then, it's just kind of been like, you know, it opened the door to explore a lot of things, whether that's like tarots or crystals. I think it's just, you know, everyone has that kind of entry point, I think, to spirituality through something. And that was mine. That is absolutely beautiful. Do you mind sharing with us what your sun moon ascendant is? Yes, of course. So I'm a Cancer sun. Shout out to my crabs. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Gemini moon. Shout out to the train wrecks out there. And a Libra rising. <laughs> Keeping it all together. <laughs> yeah. So in your own like kind of interpretation, what does that say about you? So... 
my chart is very interesting. It's very like very. It's very, it's balanced in its own way, but it's also very chaotic. So for me, so basically like everything in astrology, it's like every placement has kind of its own meaning. So your sun is like your highest self. Your moon is your emotional center relationship to your mother, um, how you kind of approach that part of your life and then your ascendance, like how you come off to people. So, um, I guess for me, my placements, I just, I'm a very like nurturing person, um, a little bit chaotic. (laughs) I love to learn and I'm always like searching for knowledge and I also like pretty things. So there's liberizing. (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the most interesting things that I've learned about you is mm. how you've made like actual physical life changes mm. based on some of your charts. Do you want to talk about your your uh, Seattle experience briefly? Yes. So there's this thing in astrology um, called astrocartography and it basically takes your birth chart and it overlies it on the map of the world. And every line is, rep- it's like a planet and then a placement within the chart. So it's like the part of your chart that deals with home or the part of your chart that deals with relationships. So basically it's like every planet has its own particular energy and that energy is felt much more strongly when you go to a place where there's like a specific line for it. So for me, I moved to Seattle last year and I Seattle's right on my Uranus IC line. So Uranus is the planet of like chaos and turmoil and just like unexpected stuff and just upheaval. And I moved right to it and I've moved <laughs> five times since I've lived there and it's been insane, but it's been like a very big like excavation of the self and very like, it's where I experienced my Saturn return. So it just has been an experience. <laughs> it, it's not even just moving five times. Like there, there's a missing car Oh yeah, my in, car in got this stolen. experience. There, there's a lot of things happening there. Yeah. My car got stolen. I got kicked out of a tiny house. Like there's a lot that's gone down. <laughs> And I felt so relaxed since I've been back in Salt Lake. And I wonder why. (laughs) Wild. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. But I picked it, you know, I'm just like, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. I picked it because I was like, I know I'm going to go there and it's going to like push me towards more excavation of the self. And it really did. So it's not all bad. (laughs) That's kind of an amazing thing. Not a lot of people take a look at something, know it's going to be hard and then jump right into it. Yeah. That's huge. Probably wasn't wise, but here we are. (laughs) But you have some pretty great stories from it. Yeah, a few. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely amazing. So if we could just back up a little bit. This Mm -hmm. has been a new discovery since the breakup, the infamous breakup. Before that, what was your... (laughs) 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 What What was your, like, religious spiritual journey like before So I was raised in a family that was kind of like a Christmas Catholic family. We were super not religious. My parents are very kind of like, you know, they they were both raised Catholic and they were, you know, kind of into it for a while. Like I did get baptized, which maybe that'll save me. I don't know. But (laughs) (laughs) um, my whole childhood, we didn't really go to church and we didn't really experience religion. And I grew up in Utah. So I think as I became an adult, I was very skeptical of religion. Very like it just wasn't for me. Um, and it's, it was something that felt very exclusive in a way that wasn't welcoming. So I was kind of like screw religion in general. So most of my adult life, I was like extremely hardcore atheist, like 
I was like, screw everything. I thought crystals were stupid. I thought like, <laughs> I made fun of astrology up until like four years ago. Who you know? like, is this Megan? Yeah, I was very like, and it was kind of like fueled by my anger. I was like, I don't want to believe in anything because like all we can really believe in is like science and the truth. And I think it was, um, and it was, you know, and I think it was fine for a while, but like it really limited the amount of magic that was in my life and I kind of like Mm. you know as I started to explore the self and I explored a few more things I was like oh there's actually something to this you know and there's something I felt very drawn to it like as soon as I started exploring it was there something that like drew you in particularly like I said I think it was just like I thought astrology was so interesting it was like I love puzzles and I love like figuring stuff out and I love looking at like the big picture and like figuring out the mysteries of something and I think astrology is just like the best example of that because so much is surface level and there's so many big moving parts but like if you look very very you know if you look a little deeper there's just so many like mysteries and details and puzzles to figure out (laughs) When you meet someone now, can you kind of guess what some of their placements might be? I always have a hunch. Some people are really good at that. Like I'm, I second guess myself on it a lot <laughs> just because like I always feel like people have so much going on in their charts. It's like you might be seeing something very, you know, specific, you know, like they're being very like Leo energy for the day. It's like maybe it's their Leo <laughs> sun. Maybe it's their Leo Mercury. I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely. Fascinating. Some people are very good at it. And like those people are amazing. Like I wish I was better at it. I feel like you're really good at it though. I have a hunch. And I just got to like <laughs> trust the hunch a little more. <laughs> Lean into that. Lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> trust my intuition trust a little. <laughs> oh man. So growing up in a um, holiday religious family, becoming atheist, how has your family reacted to this like interest you have? This, this love of astrology and crystals and tarot i have a couple sisters who are also witches so we have our own little coven um (laughs) adopt me (laughs) i'm always like i'm always like roping my family into it like i love giving tarot readings at family gatherings and that's gone okay sometimes stuff gets uncovered and it's like all right we gotta put that away so we can have dinner (laughs) together (laughs) but for the most part like my family is very supportive and like everyone in my family is very open-minded like I have like three sisters that are queer and like everyone's just very into like different modes of being and believing so incredible which is really nice that is really nice it's amazing to have familial support yeah absolutely so so now that you've gone and opened up to maybe a a new spiritual path Mm -hmm. I don't know if we want to call it spiritual or not for you yeah but you you, you've, you've gone from Nothing yes. is, is how you have identified to, mm-hmm. to astrology. Mm-hmm. Did that opening up kind of lead to any other like realizations for you or is it just astrology? So like last week we talked about, um, I forget her name, but uh, the co-creator of Whole30 mm-hmm. has, a, you know, a saying that she goes, you know, she's she's going to go to church, but mm-hmm. she's going on a hike. Yeah. Right. Do, do you find that you connect with other things now that you've opened the door to at least some type of spiritual thought or spiritual path? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's like once you start kind of like believing in one thing in that area, like everything else just kind of starts to click and make sense. So. You know, like I love doing yoga under the full moon. Like it feels right. (laughs) You know, Um, folks, the day that we are recording this, it is a full moon. Megan Aquarius. (laughs) Y'all be careful out there. (laughs) Will you be doing yoga? 
maybe i'm gonna do a little meditation tonight i think i love it yeah incredible try and connect to the moon it's like this is a very interesting full moon so tell us all about it i don't know it's just we've had a lot of stuff going on with it's like squaring saturn so it's just like it has this like tense relationship with saturn and boundaries and restriction and it's like i think for a lot of people the energy is just like learn your boundaries you know and let stuff go basically that's the energy of this full moon (laughs) that's kind of a beautiful thing to learn especially at this time of year is we're like kind of slowing down a little bit Mm -hmm. like we can't keep as much energy or as much like weight on us anymore we just have to let it go y'all just let it go (laughs) (laughs) and we're we're specks on a rock like (laughs) (laughs) does anything really matter (laughs) absolutely not oh man megan is there anything else you want to share about your spiritual journey um i don't know i think it's just i think it's definitely something that's added a lot to my life and i think for a lot of other people like that have maybe a complicated relationship with religion and belief like it can offer a lot of comfort and a lot of clarity um so yeah i think it's like i think it's definitely a good thing even if the republicans say maybe it's not (laughs) where where does someone start and so I, I obviously know you can Google anything, yeah. right? But it's like, where do you find the, the training wheels version mm-hmm. of astrology so it doesn't like maybe overwhelm someone? Mm-hmm. I think we live in an era where it's become so accessible because people make memes out of it everywhere. <laughs> and I feel like that's a very good entry point because um, it, it is it can be something that's so simple and not serious and it can be really fun or it can be something that's like a life philosophy and you learn a lot from it and it can kind of like inform your worldview. So I think you can start pretty much anywhere. And if people are interested in it, it's like I think you can Google so many great things. There's like a million different apps out there that can kind of teach you how it works and kind of like the mechanics of it. Um, I I think just like for me, like I just started Googling stuff and researching it and it kind of just leads to one thing and, and it leads to another. Amazing. Is there a direction you want to go from here? Like, is there a science or something that you're very interested in that you'd like to learn more about? Uh, I think it's just expanding my knowledge. Cause I think like when it comes to like, whether it's tarot or astrology or anything spiritual, it's like, there's just so much. Cause it's not just like, all the different types that are out there and like yeah. the, you know, the variety, it's also just like thousands of years of history and like how that influenced, like the way like society was formed, you know, like that's something you can get into and just like get lost in the weeds with. So I just want to keep learning. I think it's just so fun to learn about. <laughs> so real question. Yes. Is Pluto a planet or not? I consider it a planet. Is in, it, in astrology, it's definitely a planet. Oh, so it's definitely the planet a planet of death and destruction. So have we'll you, keep her. Have you been writing your senator to make sure that NASA will include it again? <laughs> no, but I will. I will after this pot. <laughs> Just stand up for Pluto, y'all. <laughs> Especially we're the Pluto and Scorpio generation. Like it's our planet. You know, we got to oh, own her. We okay. Wait, can you explain why we are the Pluto and Scorpio generation millennials? Yes. Listen up is, for the millennial pod. Yes. yes. Um, so Pluto is obviously on the outer right reaches of our universe. And out of all the planets in astrology, it has the short, it has the longest um, transit. So it stays in a sign for like 20 to 30 years. Wow. And so astrologers believe that it's kind of, it gives kind of like a specific signature to a generation of people. So we're the Pluto and Scorpio generation. So we're very interested in like the occult and like transformation and just like rebirth. Like we're always changing and searching for something like a little bit deeper and a little bit maybe even darker. Like 
We're like definitely looking at the shadow as a generation. And I think that's so on brand. That truly <laughs> Even is. like our emo, our emo era, like yeah. that is just so Pluto and Scorpio. Oh. Like looking back, I'm like, of course. <laughs> it only makes sense. Yeah. So it's very interesting to kind of like look at the different generations and kind of see how that lines up. So now we have Pluto and Capricorn coming up with these iPad babies. And I'm very curious to see Ooh, how that works out. Gonna work, 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 work. I'm making a meme of Pluto yes. with emo hair now. I think it's, I had no yes, clue that perfect. that was a thing. <laughs> Christopher is our resident Scorpio. Does this resonate especially strong with you? I'm still trying to figure all this out. <laughs> He's like, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You are the most Scorpio. Scorpio. Scorpios are so skeptical of everything. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> truly. So how is, it, how is it that you deal with the skepticism? Because obviously it's not directed like at you. It's oh, more sure. towards the, the topic itself. I think like it's good to be skeptical of anything. Like I'm a scientist. So I'm like, I think being skeptical is part of the process, you know? So, you know, and I think it's one of those things where it's like, if it's true, great if it's not true whatever like it teaches you so much and it gives you such an interesting view of the world and like the way things work and the different types of people there are that you know what if it's not true I don't care because it's added so much to my life and it's so <laughs> interesting so, <laughs> yeah That's, and I think it's just people can believe what they want to believe too as well so that is an absolutely beautiful philosophy yeah absolutely beautiful awesome all right well, just made the motion to Chris. He doesn't have any further questions. <laughs> and now to, um, I'm very excited for this. Megan, Mystic Megan, oh is going to do a live tarot reading for us. I don't even know what to ask you guys. Like, <laughs> I'm like, should we just do one card? I've never done an on-air just... tarot reading. So. For, the, for the many people like myself who don't know tarot, can you yes. give us the cliff notes? So tarot is like an ancient form of divination. So basically there, I can't remember how many cards are in a tarot deck, but it's like 60 something cards and they all kind of mean something specific. So basically it's like there's, oh, sorry. Um, there's different suits kind of like in a normal deck of cards. And then there's certain cards that are kind of just on their own. So a lot of people have heard of like the death card and like, that's this like whole like scary thing with tarot and the tower. Um, but they all have like kind of their own meaning. So basically you ask questions to the cards and it gives you some clarity. So that's the way it works. <laughs> One of my favorite memories of Megan is meeting up with her. It felt like the middle of the night in Seattle. <laughs> And she had this tiny little pocket-sized deck of tarot cards on her keychain. And she did a reading for my boss at the time, yeah. who I don't think he was much of a believer before that, but you better believe he was a believer afterwards. He still is always asking. Like, I still owe him reading. Shout out, Alex. I gotta. I owe you one, Shout man. Alex. <laughs> a king, truly. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, I'm very excited for this. We we're gonna film this. If that's okay with you. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Put it on there. Okay. Alrighty. Yes. Here we go. Okay. All right. Okay. So, I don't even know what to ask you guys. Like, do you want like a tarot for the future of the pod? Do you want like a tarot for yourselves? Like, what, what? are you thinking? What feels most right? It's all about what you guys want, right? Oh, sorry. There we go. Sorry. How about for the future of the pod? Yeah. Future of the pod. Okay. Well, we'll do. We'll do. I'm trying to think. We'll do like three cards for the future of the pod. Perfect. 
Okay, there's one. <laughs> so with tarot, if they pop out, that means like you keep it. <laughs> There's a message for Perfect. you. <laughs> and then I know we're recording, but Megan yes. shuffling. I have to. I have to kind of give the visual with words here. <laughs> so all the all the noise is Megan shuffling yep, on a cards, table. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I like to cleanse them before I do reading, but that's okay. We'll how, how do you cleanse cards? Like, so you can I have anything. a question for everything you say. If no, you I know it's it's <laughs> it's part of the learning process. Um, I usually use like some sage. Sometimes sage is so sage is a little bit of a sticky topic, I guess, in like witchcraft and tarot because it is a protected practice. So I usually don't use it, but um, I know it's like a very popular thing to use. Um, sometimes I use incense. Sometimes I use cedar. Just something that kind of like cleanses the energy. So, so no Clorox wipes. No Clorox wipes. It probably, you know, I haven't consulted, I haven't consulted spirit, but it might work. <laughs> 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 Clorox wipes, are they allowed? I don't know. <laughs> the best thing. Okay. Sorry, you guys, I'm trying to. All right. So. Megan also moonlights in Vegas for all those who don't know and her <laughs> yeah, shuffling skills. Read, you know, <laughs> hit up, hit up my Venmo. <laughs> no, I was all right. So there are two cards yeah, I'll do three. and there's three. There's three. So. And they're face down. Is that right? I always do face down to start with. Cause I kind of like revealing, I like revealing them as, as I kind of read them. See, so we'll do the first one. Death card. <laughs> All right. This might be okay. the last episode nope, of the podcast. Nope. No, Maybe no, no, some no. rebranding. I don't know. Death on a full moon means that there's new things to come. So Zombies. That's all I just heard. Exactly. I think the next pod episode should be millennials and zombies. Or so. just the epidemic of zombie TV. Yeah. Or maybe even like what millennials are doing with their dead bodies. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I are we getting whole buried in a tree? There. Like, are we getting scattered to the wind? They you know? do... There's one mortuary up in Seattle that does mulch people and gives Ooh. you back to your loved ones in bags so that you can be mulched in your flower beds. That's actually beautiful. Yeah. The cycle continues. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me find. Okay, you guys, I'm a bad tarot reader. I don't have everything memorized, but um, okay. Death of something significant, but basically, okay, the death card always scares people. And I feel like nine times out of 10, it means that it's just like a cycle is coming to an end. So I think maybe for you guys, it means that the podcast is kind of just entering a new phase of existence. Oh, we do need to buy new equipment. Exactly. So maybe the death of these mics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, An invitation to transform. So scale it up, maybe. Acceptance as a means to release, embracing the inevitable. So embrace the inevitability of your success. That's what I'm getting from it. Wonderful. I'll get (laughs) new mics. All right. (laughs) All right. The next one is Six of Swords. So swords are associated with fire. So I think it just means, you know, a change in energy, probably a quickening. Okay. A new beginning. Interesting. Um, announces the end of a difficult situation and the beginning of a new future. So very interesting that it's getting pulled with the death card. Um, do things combo? Yes, I think they do. So sometimes it'll, you'll have something that builds on each other. Like I've done readings where you'll have like two cards pop out for one thing and they kind of just like give you a little bit more clarity and a little more information. 
Sometimes it's spooky. I know? see those two cards the way you read them, and I just think Megadeth. Megadeth? <laughs> yeah. What, what which, which is a great band for all of those younger millennials. Go, okay. go look them like, up. They're Metallica adjacent. Oh, okay. Metallica's having their moment right now with Stranger Things coming out. So <laughs> love it. That that band is the modern day Beatles. It's unbelievable. The longevity mm. of that band. They're legit. Okay. So just new beginnings. And then the last one is the Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune? Yep. Pat Sajak. Here Someone, we come. Yeah. <laughs> was it vanna white is she the person that does the does she still yeah. do it i saw her on drag race like three weeks ago and i think she still does it so unbelievable yeah. i i wonder Iconic. what her like first paycheck was for that job probably like five bucks and like how many raises she's gotten in 30 years of being the voiceless person the outfits have gotten better so i think the paychecks have gotten bigger fair so, enough good yeah. for vanna yeah she's a legend and an icon um okay Unexpected change, good fortune, luck, happiness, and forward movement. So there's a lot of deadly forward movement in these three cards. Now, I th- like rebirth, regeneration. A little bit, yeah. I think it just means that like... Dark you're, regeneration. You're, you're bringing something into the world. You're bringing a baby into this world, and it's going through its different cycles of life. <laughs> yeah. It's going from the ba- maybe the baby to the toddler stage right now, so... I just had the image of Colin Robinson. For those who don't watch uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the fourth season, please watch yes. it. It's fabulous. So good. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, all good things. I think it's just keep doing what you're doing. Interesting. I wouldn't have picked that up from just the name of those cards. Yeah. We have Death, Wheel of Fortune. Like, it's like a Crypt Keeper. I don't know. People can't see it on the pod, but like it looks like the Grim Reaper holding a calendar so <laughs> a little and, spooky and that one's the wheel of fortune <laughs> yeah look at it it's kind of spooky <laughs> Ooh, I like but it's that good one. it just means like you never know it's coming around the bend so there every every pod is a chance for a new beginning <laughs> <laughs> we love it megan this has been the biggest delight and joy. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so fun to talk about astrology with you guys. I could do it like all day. <laughs> <laughs> we did do it for like a 12 hour car ride one time. It was pretty great. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> yes. Chris also loved it. <laughs> yeah, I had no problems with it. It was a great yeah. conversation. Yeah. So Megan, if, if yes. people are interested Mm -hmm. in understanding learning whatever their prerogative is Mm -hmm. like where would you send people um i would probably just send them just about spirituality in general or even astrology and some of the deeper things that we did today there's some really good books so there's one book called the only astrology book you'll ever need and it's very famous like that's kind of where i started that is a very good like debrief on everything astrology and then I think with tarot, I think you just like you get a deck and you play with it and you look at the guidebook with it and kind of learn the meanings of the cards. <laughs> and that's a good place to start. Wonderful. I that this is great. Like I've learned so much today. I didn't know <laughs> all of this stuff. And then I'm still still going to try to figure out how you guess some of those things in my chart. It's magic. <laughs> I have a hard time believing that. So I'm going to keep digging. <laughs> It's math. (laughs) I know it's math and I can't figure it out. (laughs) Wonderful. That, 
That's it. Awesome. How well, was thank, it? It was so great. Thanks, you guys. Pretty easy, huh? Yeah, it was good. Okay, are we still recording? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, all right, wonderful. Uh, Jeej, where can anyone get to us? You can find us at, oh my goodness, Mind the Millennial Gap at on Gmail, mindthemillennialgap at gmail.com, Mind the Millennial Gap on TikTok, and Mind the Millennial Gap on Instagram. Um, keep sending in those DMs. Keep sending in those comments. I think we got or... We'll be getting shortly our first email. Shout out <laughs> to one of my absolute favorite listeners. You know who you are. Oh, purple paper. Purple. That's a tongue twister. I can't say it. Purple. Purple. Purple paper hippo. Oh, absolutely a wonderful gem. <laughs> yes. So keep sending everything in. We love you all. Thank you for hanging with us through this millennials and religion. And again. Thank you so much, Megan, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, thank you. We will be back next week with a completely different topic, a little bit less religion, uh, moving forward for a little bit until maybe we pick that back up again. But thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.